into a priceless perspective. I'm your hostess, Nicole Steele, and I'm thrilled to have one of our priceless posse members joining us on the show today. Mrs. Crystal Payne is not only a long-term member of Diamond in the Rough, where she's worn multiple hats, but she's also a licensed professional counselor who's more than able to provide a professional perspective on today's topics. Welcome to the show, Crystal. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you. Well, last week we had Audra McDaniel and Natalie Mormon on the show, and we had an in-depth discussion about self-esteem and many of the challenges that we witness dealing with young girls in the work that we do. But in addition, we also spoke briefly of what an important role parents play in helping to build a girl's self-esteem and confidence. With that being said, I thought it would be good to continue this conversation for tonight's episode in hopes that you can shed more insight on the issue uh, when it comes to parents and dealing with the complex issues of families. I know in life we have a lot of choices, but when it comes to our family, we, we just don't have a say-so. So can you start by sharing several statistics when it comes to families in the United States? Sure. Well, a big thing right now is that less than 20% of children actually live with two married parents, and even less, they're two married parents, they're biological parents. So, and about a third of babies now are born out of wedlock, and we know the divorce rate is about 50% in the United States. So just with those three factors, we can see that the family structure is very different in the United States now. And then, so that means that a lot of our kids our girls are growing up with single parents, divorced parents, blended families. There's also the circumstances of of an incarcerated parent or maybe a parent has passed away. So there's just a, there's there's a I know there's a show called the new normal. There really is no normal family anymore. There's the best way to do it and we know biblically what the best way to do it is, but our girls are coming up in a lot of different situations and we have to be prepared to deal with those different situations. That's right, and even in some of the homes that might appear to be picture perfect, in some of the yeah. two-parent households, you yeah. can have parents that are disengaged. I mean, mental illness is a is a real factor because when yeah. it comes to parenting, there is no test, <laughs> there is no manual, and no license, no license. No, there's not, <laughs> and there should be, but we yeah. we know that there's. There's not. And so how important is a healthy parent-child relationship when it comes to a young person growing up and being successful in life? It's it's the most important thing in a child's life. If you think about when you had your child, it's, they're a gift from God. And what we're, what we're supposed to do is to, we're building a person, really. It's supposed to be trying to build a healthy person so that they can go out into, world, into the world and fulfill their purpose. So, 
our relationship with our children, the parental relationship with their child is the most important, and it sets, it's like the blueprint for the rest of their life. And if that blueprint is not accurate, just like if you're building a, a building or a home, if it isn't accurate, things are going to fall apart. It's not going to be stable. And that comes from both the mother and the father, and both of them play a role in creating that um, whole individual. No doubt. Let's talk specifically about the role that a mother plays in the life of her daughter. Okay. Well, of course, a mother is um, the example of what a woman is. So a girl can run away from what her mother is, that example, or she can want to be like her mother. Now, we know at some point all of us, you know, reject what our mother is. Around 13, <laughs> we don't want to be anything like her. But so, you know, at some point we just say, okay, she was a good woman, and I do like these attributes about her. Um, so that's her example. But a mother also represents nurturing, um, most of the time education, like with character and morals, and guidance. We're usually the ones that provide most of the guidance, especially in the early years. So if you don't have that in your life, think about, how you how you're going to make decisions or how you relate to other people if you've never had hugs and kisses from your mom it's going to be difficult for you to show affection to anyone or to accept it from anyone and when you become a mother it's going to be difficult for you to give that to your child because you never had it mhm and and on the flip side of that you can also seek it out if you've got that void in your life and that if your mother is not Nurturing, or if your family is not nurturing, you can seek it out in unhealthy ways. Yeah, in in relationships with with men or or women, you can seek it out from a woman because you had that void. Okay. I have heard that from you know from some people who decide to live an alternative lifestyle, and they had come to the realization that they didn't receive some of that from their mother, so they sought it out from another woman. Wow, that's deep. Now, what role does a father play in the in the life of a girl in particular? Well, the father, of course, he's the example of how she's supposed to be treated. A mother is the representation of who she should be, and the father represents how she should be treated by a man. So, of course, that's going to affect how her relationships with men, with boys, you know, at an early age. But he also represents stability. He should be the foundation of the family, uh, protection, and overall, he should be his daughter's hero. She should, she should always feel like she can go to her dad. She doesn't have to look for anyone else to take care of her because her father's going to be there. And if that void is there, it has huge ramifications for her. Now, let's talk about that. What effects can there be if there is no bond or if the parent and daughter relationship is unhealthy? What What kind of things can affect that child long-term? Well, I would say behavioral problems probably is probably one of the earlier signs. It can start, you know, even in elementary school or even younger, not having that stable home life with um, both the mother and father, behavior problems will be yelling, lashing out. Children can be angry, you know, as young as two and three years old because they can feel that something isn't right in their environment. Depression, um, Suicide, it's actually, uh, there's actually, I don't know the exact number right now, but the statistic that teenagers that commit suicide, the majority of them come from fatherless homes. So something was missing. And I can't, we're not saying there's a direct correlation, but that's a, that's a common theme among teenagers that commit suicide. And if you remember I said the father represents stability and protection and a hero, if you feel like you don't have any of that in your life, 
you may feel hopeless enough to commit suicide. Um, there's also um, creating healthy bonds with other people. If you didn't have that first healthy bond with your parents, you don't know how to bond in a healthy way with other people, having healthy friendships, even before you get to romantic relationships, just having healthy friendships in general. Also tolerance of abuse, especially for girls um, with being in a fatherless household, they might tolerate a boy abusing them because they don't know what love is and that love isn't supposed to feel that way. Or they feel like this is all I can get. My dad wasn't there, so he loves me. Even though he's hurting me, I'll just accept it. Wow. And the last thing is just anger, just living your life angry because you feel like you were rejected from the people who should have loved you. Right. Well, I tell you, um, I know in Diamond in the Rough, and you've been with us a long time, as well as you've worked with schools and you've worked with families. I mean, this issue of parenting is so crucial. And I think that oftentimes parents are either, you know, just not equipped. A lot of parents are tired, just really just plain tired. They're doing the best that they can Mm -hmm. to just provide the basics. And a lot of people do. What they know, I mean, until you know better, you can't do better. So oftentimes we see generational cycles, generational curses, and parents just doing what their parents did. And they figure, well, I turned out okay, but you really didn't turn out okay. (laughs) And so they go ahead and they repeat that cycle with their young young child. And kids, like you said, they cry out in different ways, some through behavior, through fighting, through – things like that, some through promiscuous um, activity, just just it, it comes out in different ways. Now, can you speak about other ways a child can receive nurturing if their parents are not present or are not able to parent properly? You mentioned things like divorce. Obviously, death um, is, a, is a real situation. Some young people, their parents have gone on and have passed away. We've got huge numbers of incarceration, especially when it comes to men, men of color in particular. But then again, I I mentioned mental illness, um, abandonment. There's so many things that can make uh, a parent's ability, can, can really impact a parent's ability to parent effectively. What kind of things can a, a child do if their parents aren't healthy or aren't providing the nurturing that they need? Well, the first thing I want to say is that as parents, we we need to realize that we are responsible for our children. So if you know you have an issue, if you know you have some abandonment issues yourself, you should get some help. Um, a lot of times in Diamond in the Rough or coming to a counseling session, the child is identified as the problem because they're acting out in a certain way. And they're not really the problem. They're just manifesting what what's going on in the household. And who's in charge of the household is the parent. So we can't just blame the child for the actual behavior. We need to take some responsibility. Parents take some responsibility for themselves. And maybe you need to spend some time in therapy or, you know, talking to your pastor or seeking out your own mentor or seeking out some parenting classes to help you because you have the child now and you need to do the best you can. And like you said, if you don't know better, you can't. So seek out the information, ask for help, and accept help when it's offered to you. Mm-hmm. Now, for children, I would say if you have positive people in your life, if you play a sport, maybe your coach would be a good person to become a mentor. 
um, if you're in church in any activities like that. Of course, be careful because I wouldn't want it to lead to anything inappropriate. But when you have positive people in your life that are reaching out to you, you know, take advantage of that. Also, of course, have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's our ultimate father. When we don't have our father, he is he is the ultimate father. So he can fill all those needs that you didn't have filled by your father or your mother. So really that's the, at the top of the list. Get saved, you know, get involved in your church, and he'll be able to fill that void and heal any of those hurts that have been caused by someone in your family. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully he will send someone your way that can be there for you as a physical manifestation of his love. That's real. And because there's so many people, when you start talking about a relationship with our Father in heaven, which is the ultimate, so often young people and adults haven't experienced Christ, the real Christ, for themselves. They know about religion. They know about going to church. And they know about, you know, just things that they've seen. But what you're talking about and what I'm talking about is a relationship, just really understanding and knowing that God created you for he's got a plan and purpose that he loves you in spite how you got here. Whether you got here and your your parents told you in ignorance that you're, you're a mistake or whether you were adopted and you feel like you've been abandoned, whatever the situation God knew and he created you knitted you together to be born at such a time as this and his plan is real the circumstances and what it looks like but that comes from a relationship with Christ that you can get simply by asking your life by just saying God I believe that you're real and I have questions there's no question too big for him he's all knowing and Mm -hmm. there's no question that catch him by surprise, but he's the one that can fill you up and can, can that's old people too, grown folks too, yes. <laughs> who are still dealing with it. Like you said, that's the number one thing um, in the healing process is really understanding who your Heavenly Father is. And, you know, Nicole, I, I remember being at a, a conference before and the, the pastor said, a lot of people are resistant, especially young people nowadays are resistant to getting saved or start having a relationship with Jesus Christ or the Heavenly Father because they never had a positive relationship with an earthly father. And if you think about it, it actually tainted their view of what a father is. Hmm. So they're resistant to actually having that relationship. And I had never thought about it in that way. There were so many young women in that conference that started crying because they realized they may actually be saved, but they hadn't gotten to a level in their relationship with the Lord because of what happened with their father. They couldn't really trust God because they had never really trusted Daddy. You know, that's real when you think about it. I mean, for, for people who have grown up and the father is the has the hard hand or maybe the father is, is very violent or judgmental yeah. with his words, they can enter into a relationship. That he's mad at them and that he doesn't yeah. love them and they have to do things to earn his love. Um, if a if a person has dealt with abandonment issues, they can go thinking, you know, God's not here. I'm out here mm-hmm. alone. But all of that yes. is a, a lie, and it is really important. And, and I'm glad that you brought that up to really 
start taking a look and seeing is the way that I feel about my father, whether he's present or not, could that be interfering with my relationship with God? Yeah. Because he's not like an earthly father. I mean, no, no, he's no. so much. He's the ultimate example. He is <laughs> exactly. the ultimate father. Exactly. And so you'll get everything you need from him. You just have to open your heart to it. Exactly. Well, um, you, you said something that was really good, and that is the importance of therapy for, I think, in many communities, especially in the African-American community, therapy is, for some, they consider it a bad word. They just it's the it's the elephant in the closet. We all have family. We all have family members who need therapy. <laughs> we know they need therapy. Everybody knows, but nobody wants to tell them to yeah. go to therapy. But therapy is good. It's yeah. good, and it's important to get in touch with those feelings. So often, and I know you know because cause you're in the field, people repress it, but they come out. It comes out in different. Yeah. Ways and there's just no way around it. Um, can you talk a little bit about just what you've seen in terms of people and some of the breakthroughs? Of course, not their individual mm-hmm. names or anything, but have you seen families make complete turnarounds or young people really come out stronger after having someone that they can confide in and talk to and share with? Definitely. Um, it's it's great when the, the young person or the teenager has someone that they can be completely honest with and talk about how they really feel with no judgment and someone feels like someone is on their side and really wants to see their perspective. Usually that's all they really need because, as I said before, usually the real issue is the parent. Mm-hmm. So the parent needs someone to hold them accountable for being an he- a healthy parent. And once they're able to say, yes, I need some help, no, I don't know everything, no, what I'm doing is not working, and I need to try something else, that's all. That's really all our kids want from us is just to say, I want to do better, and I need some help, and I'm willing to be better. And then they'll do better as well. But if we put ourselves up on a pedestal where everything I do is right and everything you do is wrong, that's where we get a lot more of the, the acting out. So it has happened plenty of times when a parent is willing to be somewhat vulnerable and willing to dig deep and deal with their own issues and do something different. It doesn't always have to be, well, this is the way it, I, you know, this is the way I was parented, so this is all I know. So this is what I'm going to do. That's giving up. That's, that's not trying. Your child is worth more than you just saying, well, this is all I know. And I've also seen great breakthroughs just with individuals who had to, sometimes you really do have to go back and dig some of that hurt up just like a weed, you have to dig it up. I remember our friend Natalie gave a great illustration of you have to go to the root of something so that you get rid of it. You can't just keep picking at the top of it or covering it up with more dirt. It's just going to keep growing. So you have to get something at the root, and that's the point of therapy. It's not just to talk about all the negative things in your life and just wallow in it. It's to uproot the negative things so that you can plant something new or start something new. That's powerful. I think another misconception is, well, I don't have any money. I don't have health care. I, I don't have any money to go to, to a therapist. I mean, of course, professional counseling is great, and I know that there are different programs out there. But also, mm-hmm. like you said, if it's just getting in the mirror, if it's journaling, if it's if yeah. prayer, church churches have resources. There are books. 
their their classes. I mean, yeah. you and I know we we host classes all the time, even at Diamond in the Rough, and it's so disheartening month after month when we bring in some of the best speakers and we host many of the workshops that parents say that they want and that they need, yet and still we have empty seats. And mm-hmm. I think you see that at schools. I mean, our organization is not the only one. You see this around the community. There are resources out there. But the bottom line is you have to be willing to make the investment of time yes. Most yes. In, in, because your kids are worth it. Our kids are worth it. And even the best, of parents, parents that have had shining examples. I mean, you know, you are so you've you've got your mother and father, and you know you've had a great bringing up. But you've got you're married with two babies, and so <laughs> I'm sure even for you, I know for yeah. me and my husband, you know, we are doing the best that we can. But even for us, even being in this field, to take a mental check. And yes. and constantly say, Lord, help me be a God parent in raising my children. One shoe fits all. The way that I, the oldest daughter, her needs are different than my younger daughter. And yes. so I, I wish there was a manual. I wish I could write the manual. <laughs> <laughs> but that we don't have that. But there are resources available. I'm always seeking out advice or, you know, reading a new book. And, I mean, you just put together what works. You try different things, and you're going to have bad days. We're not saying that parents have to be perfect and that you're going to always do everything right. I've only been a mother for two and a half years now. I've made plenty of mistakes, and I say, well, we're going to try again tomorrow. Right, right. You know, we'll try it again tomorrow. And, you know, I'm. but my intention is always to be the best I can and to create two powerful young women that are going to be able to walk in the purpose that God created them for. And if you remember that, then you're going to want to put all the work you can into raising them. You have to remember that they no, those are, they are a gift, and we have to treat them with respect. That's right. Now, I know, and we've talked about this, we talked about it on the show last week, we talk about it a lot in but can you touch up on the power of forgiveness? Because for a young person in particular who might be listening, and even for an adult, for for a mother or a father who might be dealing with anger towards the other parent or towards their parents, or you know, can you talk about the danger of unforgiveness and the power sure. of actually forgiving the people in your life that? may just simply be doing the best that they can do, but it's not good enough. Well, anger and and unforgiveness just keeps you connected to people in an unhealthy and painful way. If you think about that, if there's ever been a time where you just held on to anger and unforgiveness towards someone, every time you see them, every time you think about them, you know, your heart might start pounding, your blood pressure goes up, you just get mad. And that's unhealthy. And actually that person has some kind of power over you. Because you're holding on to it. But a lot of times with a parent and child, when a child is holding on to that, that's the only way they feel like they can be connected to the parent. Like if daddy left, I can only really feel anything for him. The only thing I can feel for him is anger. 
and that keeps me connected to him. Even though that may sound weird, that's the only emotion that can keep me connected to my father. But that's not true. You can still feel love for him. You can still feel you can, there's other emotions you can feel, but they need us to explain that to them. You don't have to just be angry about it. Mm-hmm. So I remember um, someone said unforgiveness is almost like um, a hook in you, and you have the power to take the hook out. But you don't. You leave it in there, and every time you see that person, they can tug on it, and it just wow. hurts and hurts and hurts. But you have the power to just simply unhook it and stop the pain, but you won't because you think you're hurting them. Well, who's actually hurting is you. Another way of putting it is say unforgiveness is like drinking poison thinking it's going to hurt somebody else. You're just hurting yourself. So you free yourself when you forgive someone. And you don't even have to tell the person. Maybe your parent isn't around where you can actually have a conversation and, and get some answers and uh, and forgive. And not that answers even, you know, cause forgiveness, but it's for you so that you can move on and be healthy and it doesn't hinder you in your future marriage or in your future uh, relationship with your children or just in your future in general. There's different ways you can do it. Um, There's been times where I had someone write a letter to their parent and say everything they wanted to say, every feeling they had, and they sealed it, put it in an envelope, and then ripped it up. And it's gone now, or they put it in the fireplace. They got out everything they wanted to say, so there's nothing else to say and there's nothing else to hold on to. If you are able to speak to the person, maybe there's some questions you would like to ask them. But I would not base your forgiveness on the answers. It would just be, I just want to know the answer to these questions. Maybe why did you leave? Is there ever going to be a good reason for someone to leave? No. (laughs) There's never going to be a good reason for someone to leave. There's never going to be a good reason for, for your parent to die. You know, people have anger about, you know, their parent dying. Why did my parent have to die? You know, why, why is my life like this? It can be some people need to forgive God. Because they feel like God, you know, gave them a raw deal in their life. Why did I have to be born to this mother that had this problem? But it's going to hinder you in the rest of your life. And at some point, we have to take responsibility for ourselves. As you said at the beginning, we don't have a choice of how we get here, but we have a choice of how we live our life. And living your life with anger and unforgiveness, you'll never be fully successful and you'll never live up to your full potential. I love the saying, it doesn't matter how you start, but what's important is how you finish. And if there is a young person that's listening who's in a a family where they question, it's it's funny, I think about this time of year in particular and the long list of Christmas gifts and things that kids want. And I know in some some kids' head they are like, I want a new family. I want a new family for Christmas. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Please. <laughs> but that's not that's not really an option. But don't let your current situation dictate your life. Let me ask about um because you when you talk about forgiveness, I think it's really important when you when you said that it's not about the other person, it's about you. And for young people who may be communicating with their parents, but the, but nothing's changing. Um, for the young person who, you know, has, has cried out, maybe they've even gone to counseling, but nothing is changing in their family, it's okay. You just, like you said, you be in control of you. 
You do what you can do because what I've learned over the years is that's the only thing that you can control is you. You can't control other people. You can't control their actions and their emotions, their words, their behavior. But we can control the way that we receive things. For a young person who might be in a toxic family environment, and toxic meaning not necessarily um, physically abusive, but just where a, a parent is not well. Uh, a parent, when I say not well, I mean they may say things. They may not be equipped and might not want to get equipped. How can a child go in and out of that house daily and keep their sanity? Because I talk to a lot of young people who are dealing with that, and they're saying, yeah, you know, my refuge is my basketball team and, you know, or my cheerleading, you know, when I get to go to cheerleading practice, I'm able to escape. When I come to a mentoring program, I'm able to escape. But I have to go back into the household. How can a young person keep their sanity in an environment like that? First of all, as we said before, relationship with the Lord. Yes. He's the one that, he's really the only one that can keep you sane. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Also, when you have uh, healthy healthy adults in your life, reaching out to them when you can communicate with them, communicate with um, healthy adults. I've, I always say music. Be careful of the music that you listen to. Listen to positive music, music that lifts you up, especially gospel, encouraging music. You know, if you can go into your room, you know, and turn it on, put the headphones on and turn it on. You know, put positive things into your spirit because you're building yourself up. And count down. Count down to when you're going to be able to leave and go out on your own and do what you have to do to be able to do that successfully. So right. if you want to try to get a basketball scholarship, you need to you need to stay after, you know, if you need extra coaching or, you know, if you want to get a scholarship to college, um, you know, an English scholarship, make sure you're doing that extra credit in your English class. Have a goal in mind and say, okay, I'm 13, I have five more years, to, and I'm going to get a scholarship, so my mom won't even have to worry about paying for me to go to college. I'm going to get this scholarship, and this is my focus because this is not where I want to be, and this is not what I want to do. So have a goal and do what you have to do to achieve that goal so you can leave. Until that point, stay positive. Keep positive people around you. Listen to positive music. Just over and over again, stay positive. Have a journal. Um, have inspirational quotes around your room so when your mom says something negative, you have something to go right back to. Read. Just impart knowledge into yourself. Reading the Bible, have scriptures around. All those different kinds of things. You got, it is extra work, but when you want to do better and you, when you want to get out and be successful, you have to put some extra work into it. Unfortunately, you weren't born into a family that where you were going to get that from your mother or you were going to get that from your father. But I hope that God has placed some people in your life that you can get that from, and they can show you how you can give that to yourself as well. That's good. That is really good. And be willing to accept support from the people around you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You mentioned earlier that sometimes the relationship that we have with our parents can dictate how we interact with others. And so sometimes there are resources right in in arm's reach. There are parents of friends there are you know there's the aunt there is the coach there's the bible study teacher or what have you or the the teacher at school that takes an interest and all of a sudden you put those walls up because Mm -hmm. 
because of fear of them letting you down or you disappointing them or what have you. But you got to be willing to, you know, to reach out and to take advantage of the resources that are before you. And like you said, get a plan and work the plan. Because yes. just I, you, when you when you talk about counting down, I've had so many young people over the years say, "I can't wait till I get 18. When I get 18, I'm gonna do this and the other." You're not gonna do nothing if you don't have a plan. You're gonna be yes. sitting up in your parents' house at 18, <laughs> hating life because they're still gonna be calling the shots. So you need to get a plan and work the plan, work towards the goal. And if you can get your parents. Uh, participation and input in that, that's great. But even if it means that you, like you said, have to work harder and do some things, do some research on your own, take advantage of the the career resource centers and the the placement offices and the counselors at your school, um, and don't wait for the counselors to come and see you. You seek those counselors out. You stay in their office and say, hey, what scholarships are available, what opportunities, what camps, what what opportunities can I take advantage yeah. of? When people see that you want to do something, they'll, they'll be there to help you. When they, right. when they see that you're willing to put in the effort that you really want to do something with your life, people will come into your path that will be just what you need and can give you the direction you need. And one thing that I think is really important, and this can also become a motivator. I talked a little bit about generational curses. And a lot of families, I mean, you know, again, parents are doing, they're raising kids the way that they were raised, whether it's right or whether it's wrong, it's just what they're doing. And so if there is a young person who is in an environment, you can make a conscious decision that, you know what, I'm going to break this cycle in my family, and I'm going to put my eyes, I'm going to find some role models some healthy relationships, a healthy marriage that I want to model my marriage in the future over. I, I, I see somebody nurturing their child in a healthy way, and I'm committing that when I get married and when I have a child, I am going to break this cycle that we have for generations in my family, and I am going to strive to be this type of parent. And that has to be a conscious decision. It's not something that you just get married and and you do automatically. You have to consciously, from the type of people that you date, the values that you have, the expectations, the, you know, just all of those things, the standards, all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a conscious decision. And so, uh, but there is power, and we see that, how parents, I mean, how young people are able to break generational cycles and how young people are able to bring about the healing and the restoration in their families. We've seen that so many times where the child is is the person that ultimately, because they change, they're used as the light in, in their family. And mm-hmm. that's, that is real. God can use you to heal your family, to deliver your family, to help your parent be a better parent. The child can actually lead the parents in many instances. But it is really important to guard your gates, to watch the friendships that you enter into. You don't want to just gravitate towards, you know, just negativity and people who are just going to allow you to wallow. You want to make sure that you're around people who are going to lift you up, who's going to speak life into you and into your situation. 
people that are going to be a blessing and not try and bring you down. Because misery loves company. So if you find yourself around a whole lot of people and every time you get together you just fuss and fuss and fussing about what your parents aren't and what you don't have and how you hate this, that, and the other, that's not the kind of environment you need to be in. So, Miss Crystal, do you have any other advice that you would share with any girls or parents that are listening this evening? I think the last thing I would just say is it's it's so important, I've said it multiple times, to have a relationship with Jesus Christ as a parent and as a teenager to get through some of these family issues. Secondly, it's okay to ask for help in many different ways. As I said, you know, with a, a counselor, therapist, your pastor, a mentoring organization, uh, teachers, anyone, you know, ask ask for help, and they can point you to the right resources. It's okay. None of us are perfect, and we all need help every once in a while. And um, for parents, like I said, we're all going to have our good days and bad days, but just remember the gift that God gave you in your children and do the very best you can to give them the foundation they need to fulfill their purpose. That's what our role is at their, as their parents. And for the, for the kids, for those young ladies out there, as Ms. Nicole said, it's not about where you start but where you finish, and it, that's completely up to you. Well, all right. You heard it here on A Priceless Perspective. We invite you to visit our website at www.ditr.org. That's the website for Diamond in the Rough, where you can find resources. Again, we have monthly parent workshops that are offered to the community for free on various topics. And we also have something called a Brilliant Bulletin with resources, other organizations that are doing great things, camps, conferences, all kinds of things, scholarship opportunities, but you can find that on the front page of our website. If you'd like to join the conversation or share a testimony or any news about how this Priceless Perspective show has impacted your life, visit us or follow us on Facebook or Twitter at A Priceless Perspective. Uh, We thank you for tuning in. Thank you again, Crystal. We always love to have you bring your wisdom and your professional perspective to the show. Thank you for being on this evening. Thank you, Nicole. All right. God bless. Join the conversation. Visit us online at pricelessperspective.com or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. This show has been brought to you in part by Simon and the Rough Youth Development Program Incorporated and Gym Makers LLC. 